10 years ago, building a highly scalable image delivery service would have required millions of dollars in upfront costs and hours of work configuring hardware server infrastructure. Today, it is possible to bootstrap this type of service with minimal investment. Today's episode is about building a content delivery network, or a CDN, for images and video. My guest is Itai Lahan, the CEO of Cloudinary, and Cloudinary's story is the subject of today's episode. We discuss Cloudinary's early product infrastructure, how they architected it, and how they have evolved as a company since then. We also talk in detail about the venture capital landscape of Silicon Valley today and how to strategize about raising money. Full disclosure, Cloudinary is a sponsor of Software Engineering Daily. If you're a fan of Software Engineering Daily, we would love to know how to improve. Please take five minutes to fill out our listener survey. There is a link to the survey in our newsletter and on our website, and we really want to know what you think, what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of. Um, just we read all of the feedback we get so please fill out the survey and help make us uh, a better software podcast Itai Lahan is the CEO of Cloudinary, a service that provides a backend for image storage, image manipulation and image delivery. Itai, welcome to Software Engineering Daily. Thank you so much for having me. At the end of 2011, when Cloudinary was getting started, what was the initial vision for the product? So let me give you a little bit of a little bit of a backstory for Cloudinary, basically. So, um, first of all, three founders: myself, Tal, and Dove, uh, friends, longtime friends, over from you know 20 years, going back 20 years or so, um, and. About, I think, let's say four years before we started Cloudinary, me and Sal were, were working on our own venture. It was uh, something, machine learning, cool stuff about news aggregation. Um, and to finance ourselves, we, we, we actually started part-time working on, 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 on as a consultancy shop. We, we, were, you know, we were great software developers. Let's help other entrepreneurs like us uh, build their own product. And it started really small. Me and Sal, uh, we loved that, working early stage guys, helping these guys actually get their product up and running. Um, and it soon turned out to be our, our full-time job. We got Nadav, our third uh, friend and, and co-founder on board. But basically, you know, a really small team. We were always, you know, six, seven, eight software developers helping entrepreneurs build their st- new startup ideas from scratch, right, from the napkin stage over to to get that up and running. Um, we love that. We're good at it. And we actually helped in, in like four years, the, this, I don't know, team of six, seven people, we helped over 30 startup companies build their product end-to-end from scratch. And we learned a lot during that process. Um, and, and one of the things we learned is that to, 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 you know, to, to really get products out there fast, good, solid product out there. You really need to focus on the, the, the core of your product rather than build all the infrastructure, right? And we were amazing at identifying all the extra stuff that is out there that we do not want to re-implement from scratch. Uh, so, you know, you, you don't build your analytics software any longer. You use Google Analytics or mixed panels. You use New Relic. You don't build your, I don't know, your real-time communication stuff. You use PubNub or Pusher or, or Firebase. And the thing that, that really was interesting that that one day, Nadav, um, he, he just looked at our infrastructure, right? The infrastructure that we had in place, built in place, um, because, you know, we're working on a lot of projects, so, so common stuff tend to get in there. But in a way, you know, for us, building an infrastructure is bad, right? This is something that is common for every startup out there. Um, so why isn't it a solution for that? Um and, and one of these areas, so Nadav was looking at all the stuff that we've been building and, and saying, hey, this, this is awful. I wish there was some good solution for that. Um, because, again, infrastructure, you, you, you build what you need at the moment, but we knew that we can do a lot more. But, but the thing is that, that looking at all that infrastructure, part of it, he, see, he saw some commonalities. And, and it took us a little while to name that. Uh, but, but we named that um, images, media in general, but mostly images. We, we spent a lot of time handling 
images, uploading stuff, normalizing that, storing that, backing up, uh, all the housekeeping behind that, tagging, different startup needed, you know, moder moderating their images, so panels and interactive stuff, and then just taking that and making that look load fast, look great, and, and work on your website. So, so we said, hey, uh, this, is, this is our issue. Um, we'll gladly solve that issue for us and, and the, that, that consultancy shop's you know, customers. Um, and we'll build that for ourselves. And if, if, you know, if, if that by, by chance helps other people as well, then that's awesome. You know, if other you know, developers will like to use that, that's great. And this is how Cloudry got started. Okay, so you accidentally stumbled upon an idea that other people weren't working on. And there were other companies, there, there are always have been, well, not always, but for a long time there have been you know, CDNs. There have been companies that handle images, that handle some subset of the problems that Cloudinary uh, ended up handling. Why weren't those companies that are now Cloudinary's competitors, why weren't those companies solving the, the other uh, problems that you ended up targeting with Cloudinary? Good question. And um, so, first of all, what, what, what did we do at the time, right? So, so as for ourselves, we, we used the CDN, right? And, and CloudFront was just getting started, which was a great, you know, um, um, entry-level CDN that you can use to speed up some, some, some work. Use image magic because this is what you use when you want to manipulate images, and that's a hassle to install. And that was, I don't know, it just, just reminds me of the early days of installing that at each development computer. And, uh, uh, I, I don't know. And this is what you would have been using, right? We use we, we are we, we love Ruby on Rails, right? So we we are Ruby on Rails guys. So use Carrier Wave Jam to actually upload stuff because this is how you, and this is this is how you would have done stuff. So so you do use all these um, you know existing solutions. So some of them are are actual you know companies uh, managed solutions such as a CDN, right? You can build your own CDN. That, that's nonsense, but uh, you can use a. a, a a company such as you know CloudFront, Akamai, um, Fastly nowadays, um, for your CDN usage, manipulating image, it, it, images, it was usually you know just install the solution that you need, and then all sorts of you know packages, just install everything from scratch. So there are solutions. Usually, it means just bringing in the existing stuff, and 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 do that you know, yourselves manually, I think. Um, now, keep in mind that every company out there has images, right? Every website has tons of images. That's, that's your uh, staple of your graphics design, images, videos. Um, so everybody has a solution in place. So, so I'm not even sure that, that people realize that, that this is, um, it's a huge problem, right? They, they, they solve it in-house, right? It's not rocket science. You can build your own infrastructure to manage your images. You do realize you have problems once you start to scale up, but then again, you are wasting time all along the road, right? And this is what we exactly wanted to prevent, the solution. And, and again, our own pain point. I wish there was a solution that does all the basic things that I need with images. Just make it, you know, I, I, want, a, I want a single line of code to upload stuff. I don't care where the source of the image is, what the format of the image is. I want to just, just getting, get it out there. Okay, so let's talk about this in more specificity. What are the common problems that web developers have when they're trying to serve images? So I think, first of all, there are different types of solutions out there, right? Where do your images come from? You have um, social websites. They, 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 you have lots of user-generated content, right? People are uploading stuff. And then there is just, it, it's, 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 it's a matter of, of having... Um, you know, images uploaded, different formats, different sizes. Uh, there are peaks according to whatnot. So you have scalability stuff that you need to handle. Uh, there are images that are done in-house, right? So if you have uh, a, a, a news website, you have your own content editors in place. They, they are, uh, in a way, downloading that from a third party, maybe buying photos, and then they need to upload that to somewhere, and they have their own process on how to make sure that the right image images get on top. Um, you're working with third parties, so if it's, a, it's an e-commerce solution, you are bringing in tons of photos, usually from third parties. So that's, again, that scale, existing third party, uh, import everything over. And then each and every company has its own flow of managing the images in-house. Uh, usually it's something around you know, our direction, uh, maybe getting your logo on the images, improving the images, cropping that, and stuff like that. Um, and then... 
it's you know once you have all the images in place, it passed all of your it, it's it's there. You got it on your system. Uh, they 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 look okay. These are the images you want to to showcase. Now it's just a technical matter of getting them out there on your different devices, right? You want them on your website or mobile application, and then there are all sorts of other considerations. There are responsive design, and and each company has its own requirements. But it's basically taking the image. The existing original, the high-res original, looks great, and making it fit on your different devices. And while having that, you want that delivered just as fast as possible. So you know that there are different formats, different browsers support different image formats nowadays, and and you want that the image uh, optimized correctly, and you want that delivered so with CD and stuff. So it's about the IT stuff at the end of the road, right? So, so there's so it sounds like there's there's two things here. There's one, there's the fact that we are consuming images in a different way today because we have different screen sizes. Uh, the, perhaps yep. the standards for design have gone up, so people, uh, you, you you simply cannot have some uh, an image that is the wrong size on the screen. Your 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 cu- customer will navigate away from the website immediately because they won't trust you because you don't have good design. And then on the other side, there's the fact that there are more developers than ever and. Solving the problems of developers has become a, a quite a big business, um, and that it sounds to me like Cloudinary's uh, vision is kind of at the intersection of those two things. It's like you've got changing consumer needs, and you've got an increase in in developers, and the developers need higher level APIs that are uh, more well organized to to um, solve their image problems. Would you say that's accurate? It is accurate, and um, and 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 again, it's it's a it's a it's an amazing era for for software developers, right? We, we have these amazing infrastructure behind the scenes that we can use to build upon and build really amazing startups, right? You see all the new unicorns out there, really really amazing solutions, and the the the, the amazing thing is that you can do that with with less resources that you can have from. Um, about images specifically, so just adding to that equation is that that um, um, images are rarely part of your core business, right? You 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 sell a product, you want it to look good, but then again, just getting the images out there, the bits and bytes, and making them appear good, it's it's just something that is very common. You just want that to happen in a way, and and we see that the the and, and there there is a lot of know-how there. So um, I, I rarely, you know, encounter a website that I, I, I look at the images and the images are really optimized. It's either delivered the wrong size or just not optimized correctly. Uh, saying stuff like a WebP format, people, you know, it, it, it is a, it's, it's out there. It's amazing. You should use that. That's a 30% reduction in your image size just out of the bat for Chrome browsers and Android devices. But people do not know that. Uh, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's something to learn. So, you know. Uh, if if you can solve that, if you can bring all of that know-how into an easy, easy to use interface, something that people can use, something that they want to use, and do that at a an affordable level, right? That they can you actually use that, and make economical sense. Then, then, then you know we have a winner. So we've elaborated on the business case of Cloudinary, and I certainly want to come back to that interesting discussion, but. Given that this is a uh, conversation about software engineering, let's let's talk about engineering. So tell me about the first architecture of Cloudinary. <laughs> it's a <laughs> that's a good question and an interesting question. Let 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 me let me tread carefully there. Um, so b- before I answer that, what one 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 interesting thing about Cloudinary. So Cloudinary um, Cloudinary is a bootstrap company, right? It's uh, we, we currently have so. <laughs> Nowadays, we have 100,000 developers signed up to the service. We have 3,000 paying customers, something like that. We, we, we're working with everywhere between the coolest startups and, and Fortune 500 companies. Um, the company is profitable. It's growing. We're, we're doing really well. We, we love it. Having said that, it's 100% bootstrap. So we grew the company from without getting any external funds. This means that, that the product sold itself and fueled our growth. And to get there... There are um, there is a certain mindset for a bootstrap company uh, in order to get that right. So so um, talking about our <laughs> our first architecture, that that was a question. So so just keep in mind that we knew what an architecture, highly scalable architecture for such a solution should look like. Having said that, going the bootstrap way, 
it means starting um, smaller and growing from there. So we're talking about it, it, culinary is always has been it's a ruby on rails for our backend infrastructure, and then we use AWS. That's our you know cloud solution. So again, first infrastructure, a couple of EC2 instances, ELB, Elastic Load Balancing, and then you know Nginx, Trivial, Ruby on Rails as a backend, um, it, and that was basically it. A couple of servers online, and for again early stage, we grew with our with our customers. So we knew how, uh, as I was saying, a highly scalable cloud infrastructure should look like and where we're aiming, but uh, we, we started really um, small and grew from sure. there. Sure, and I, I do want to talk more about the bootstrapping strategy and the engineering practices that fall from a philosophy of bootstrapping, but uh, to go deeper into the, the engineering side of things first, um, Cloudinary, like you said, used Nginx in the first architecture. I'm pretty sure you still use Nginx today. So for listeners um, who have no experience with Nginx but have heard of it a lot, like we, there's there's been a number of episodes on Software Engineering Daily where Nginx has been mentioned, but we haven't had any episodes where it's been discussed in depth. So discuss Nginx, like what is it and why did you use it in the first architecture of Cloudinary? So now, now you use our. <laughs> this is the point that I'll raise my help in in help calling Tal, my our, our CTO <laughs> and good friend, to help with that. But um, let, let me just say that. So so and and again, Nginx, a lightweight, amazing web server, um, 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 works tremendously well. So we were talking about Ruby on Rails. So we have the mode Rails, their passenger, just um, uh, running the, the, our, our instances behind the scenes. Having said that, you know, as someone that worked with uh, Apache in the past, just a lightweight installation, uh, cool product. It works. And, and again, well, one, one of the, uh, the um, components in, in the service, in Cloudinary, that still wasn't replaced in the last four years of our growing. So that Tells you a little bit about the flexibility and what the capabilities and just peace of quiet over there. Uh, easy to use, easy to install, very configurable. But uh, other than that, help Tal. That, that, that's that's where our yep. <laughs> okay, well then let's let's zoom out a little bit. Like so, the first architecture used Nginx together with um, Amazon S3 and AWS CloudFront. Uh, so how did those different technologies interact? So. Um, um, Let's start from the beginning, right? The, 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 there are a few different components for, for, for a service that manages your assets, right? You have, on one end, you are uploading new stuff. So you need to take care of the uploading stuff. You need to take care of storage. And then there is a, a, a very rich set of APIs. So Cloudinary is a concept. Um, um, we have a very rich set of APIs. You can, you, can, you can use the whole solution, right? It's not like a monolithic design, something like that. Lots of uh, uh, um, um, different solutions out there, but you have a very wide, rich API set. Use whatever you want from the service. You want to use the service end-to-end. -end. It's really easy. That, that's a common use case. Again, single line of code, upload stuff, single line of code, download stuff, the, view stuff. We have a, what we call the, the URL-based transformation API, which is really cool. You just punch in the URL, um, including your, again, mentioned our direction, cropping stuff, face detection-based cropping optimization, um, overlays, and, and, and you get that. So, so really easy. But then again, you have a very full, rich uh, uh, API layer. You can just drill down. Then you can manage things separately. Uh, on your own. Having said that, there is also uh, complete UI for the solution. So this was something, and again, something I think very interesting. Uh, uh, while this was maybe initially supposed to be a completely, uh, you know, 100% an API that, that you can use for your own solutions, we, you obviously have a management console, right? You want to log in, you want to see what your solution is all about, some statistics about the service, error reporting, stuff like that. Having said that, we, we added um, a UI to manage your images. Just take, take a look, see what your images are actually doing, which was pretty cool because usually developers, you, you don't really know what's going on, right? What, what, what images were uploaded or not. So seeing that graphically, going to your console, seeing here are the latest uploaded images, you got a lot of insight into that. And this actually grew. The, the, we saw a huge adaption for that. So um, we, we talked about API. We have a, a pretty sophisticated UI there behind the scenes. Again, usually built on top of our own API. So you can build your own UI. But then again, you have UI for that as well. And then the, 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 the 
one of the massive components, right, if you're talking about scalability, is the actual um, transformation or manipulations of the images, right? So you upload an image, you want that stored normalized. Some process happens there, so the image is actually stored according to your exact specs. So a user may have uploaded a huge photo he took on his SLR, but you don't really need to store a 30 megapixels image, right? A 2 megapixel maybe will be enough. So save on your storage, save on your you know um, um, uh, requirements, and then everything works um, faster and easier. So, um, yeah, question. Well, so, you know, so I was going to say, so, you know, okay, so early on, 2011, uh, you know, you got this backend built, and obviously you're building a product for developers, and, well, not entirely for developers, but many of the devel- many of the people who are using it are developers, and... Um, since you have API requirements for all those developers, you know you need to serve people who are using PHP or Rails or Django, and then today there are even more APIs that they would be using. What are the challenges of building APIs and integrations for all of these different platforms that want to be able to use your service? Great question, and 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 a, and a huge struggle for us. So so our you said that that mostly for developers. It was 100% for developers, at least early on. Now we see more people just using that because, again, using that for, for their own um, you know, uh, um, um, concept is, was great to look from the side and see what people are actually using the service for. So marketing people are using that because you can suddenly take images and do all sorts of, I don't know, uh, personalization campaigns for marketing wise or you know, lots of really cool stuff. Um, um, and, and we see Cloudinary really used and... Uh, it, it just, you know, a matter of your basically imagination, which was great. But it was 100% for developers, and it was all about making that easy. We wanted a fun project. We wanted a fun product that the, the developers would love to use, basically. Um, and, and, and this means, um, um, easy to use means that, that you know, every, everybody uses his own infrastructure. So when we started, we started with Ruby on Rails. It was really clear that you needed, you know, at least the RESTful APIs, and then you can do whatever you want, basically. You know, you can adapt that to, to, to your own, but, but it requires work, some, some effort. And then we had the Ruby on Rails integration, which was really great. Ruby on Rails, it's not Ruby integration, right? You have a Ruby SDK, but then you want Ruby on Rails integration, right? We want uh, um, the, this, this web development platform integration with that. Ruby on Rails speaks a certain language, right? So, so as I, I mentioned, for example, that we use um, ourselves, we use Carrier Wave, or uh, you know, there are uh, you know uh, several different gems packages that Ruby on Rails developers use to manage their images. We wanted a drop-in repli- replacement for that, and and we have that running, and it's really great. But that's Ruby on Rails. What about you, you said it. So there is Node.js and there is PHP and 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 there is uh, what about Django and Python and then there is .NET and and there and each and every one of them want Java. Is it Java or Scala? And on top of that, is it Play infrastructure? What do you support? Um, and we obviously want to support everything. So approach we took so far, uh, we, we do try to um, um, uh, you know support everything. Some of that we get help from the community. So uh, our our actual SDKs are all open source. Uh, they're available on GitHub um, um, to download. Um, we spend a lot of time in in making sure that our APIs are updated together with our SDKs. It is a struggle, lots of SDKs, and we do get a lot of help from the community. So, so um, new frameworks, new infrastructure, Meteor.js. So, so w- suddenly you have a solution for that. Um, some of that is, you know, we just, you know, thank the community. Some of that we we just bring in. We we we. Uh, um, you know, make it into the official package and then build that from there. So we spend a lot of time on that, a lot of time. So as Cloudinary grew in the early days, what were the first scalability bottlenecks that you started to hit? Um, okay, again, bootstrap concept. So <laughs> you, you want to hit these bottlenecks, right? Uh, so so that tells you where you should uh, focus your your efforts on, right? So so and and we rarely knew in advance. So it's a good thing um, um, the, the actual areas that we'll, we're gonna hit and and, and you know we'll, we'll, we'll the, the the first thing that we really need to solve. Um, 
So it's a good thing, and we love that. Uh, it, it, it obviously had a lot to do with the image manipulation front, right? And, and getting to, I think, and again, it's, it's still, by the way, still a work in progress. It will always will be, right? This is, this is our thought process behind that. But getting the service to a, to a situation in which you have um, um, a, a complete auto-scaling solution that is fast, adequate, that that support, but, but that that's maybe on the more than DevOps side as well. I think, but that, that was our, I guess, our biggest. I'm not sure if struggle, but that that was a big part of that. In parallel, you have the database and database infrastructure, and how do you scale the database? How do you go from there? Um, is it a NoSQL that it obviously was a huge problem? It still is, and and once again, as you grow, new features are made apparent. So um, better search capabilities around your images because one of the things that we offer our customers is in a way we're also their uh, image database. They can store metadata and then query the images on top of that. They can do that directly from their front end, right? So that that's that's hitting our servers even more. Uh, how do you scale? And um, are things that were very trivial to us that will happen actually didn't. So to this day, for example, we're still using... Um, sharded MySQL clusters. When 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 we we were we were sure that at this time it would have been you know turned into a complete you know no SQL solution. So we have no SQL databases, but not for the um, main data and stuff. So so you know you 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 we learn as we go. Basically, why why didn't you end up having to having to switch the f- switch from from sharded MySQL to to uh, some kind of no SQL solution? So two reasons. First of all, it works. <laughs> MySQL works, and when you when you plan ahead. So again, this is this is always a struggle for us as, as developers. So this, want, this is just empirical. You're like, I don't really know why, but <laughs> no, no, no. Seriously. So so the thing about MySQL, we know the limits of the service of the solution, right? We know where we're gonna hit the limits, and and now you have two options, right? You can you can go to a sharded solution, which which in our case works extremely well because we have a lot of customers, different customers, right? You have thousands of customers, so it's easy to shard, right? Having said that. Um, it's far from a perfect solution. There are areas there that 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 do require uh, a NoSQL approach. Uh, so elastic. So if any single that. customer got too big, perhaps. Exactly. So that that's 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 a good point. Now for us, it's you know we 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 need to be on the cutting edge, right? So we are holding ourselves back in a way, saying, hey, but but this is so cool. We can do this and that. But then. Saying yes, but is that a critical feature right now? Is that a critical requirement? It's it's a good question about specifically about what we had. We, we had some 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 less than uh, optimal experience working with uh, Cassandra, which was our, our our chosen solution at the time. Uh, just um, um, the way we did things, the specific requirements that that we had from the 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 the, the, the platform just I don't know didn't didn't click well with with Cassandra. Tried it, um, just wasn't working for us, unfortunately. Do you, do you have any more color on that? Like more in, in more detail, why Cassandra wasn't a good fit for you? Uh, we'll need tell for that. Oh, okay, <laughs> I feel fair. like we have a follow up. We're, we're setting up a follow up call for yeah, the technical certainly. side. So there was a lot of really, really cool technical, technical, technical aspects of the service behind the scene. But that's this is exactly the, the you know. Okay, well, something that's probably at the at the cross section of technicality and and business cases. In 2013, you switched from using Amazon CloudFront to Akamai for your CDN. Why did you do this? <laughs> Good question. First of all, CloudFront was back then. Back then, it's important. The, the, the AWS guys are doing an amazing work on, on on getting CloudFront up to par with with the the other. Uh, Mammoth of a uh, you know CDN solutions that have been there for for the last fifteen years or so. Um, having said that, back then we're talking to two and a half years ago, something like that, uh, three years ago, um, um, we had issues with CloudFront, all sorts of issues. First of all, it w- wasn't configurable enough for us. So so for example, um, um, edge-based decision-making solutions that we needed, really needed, what we couldn't really do with CloudFront. So, for example, let me give you one example. So, one of the things that we, you do with CloudFront, you send us a single URL, and you can tell us, basically, um, this is my image. This is the image that I want to show. And, and crop it to, I don't know, 300 by 300 to do face detection and add this watermark. But then again, uh, you decide what format the image needs to be uh, at. Why do we do that? Because 
um, um, as I was mentioning. So, so for example, WebP. So, so Chrome browser supports WebP, and and that's a superior. Let's call it for a sec, superior solution, superior format to JPEG. Uh, if you are on an Internet Explorer, your users view that this same image on an Internet Explorer, you want to deliver a JPEG XR, which is, again, the let's call it the equivalent of WebP on the Internet Explorer. On Internet Explorer. Having said that, so Firefox does not support either, either of these formats, so it will be a JPEG. How do you take the guesswork from the developer's work? We, the way we do that, basically, is we tell you, hey, use a single URL a single URL, uh, plug in, we call it format auto, F auto, and Cloudner will make the decision for you. So a single URL, um, you know, if we, it, it is delivered through a CDN, so it is cached, so you need to vary the, 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 the actual image delivered based on the actual web browser. So again, it was a huge problem a couple of years ago when then browsers started adding, adding accept headers that we can vary accordingly According to you know, so so specifically, we could identify that this is a Chrome browser and it supports WebP, and we can deliver a WebP based on that, not a different format, so that we do not mix and accidentally offer and Firefox browser a WebP uh, photo. Having said that, not a possibility, not, wasn't an option on CloudFront, so it was okay. So that's what now? We, we have this amazing capability we can offer our customers, but CloudFront did not support that. Um, so that was one of the reasons. The other reason, and I think it's still there, uh, which is completely weird, two reasons. First of all, Akamai is a brand name, right? So so just you, you, you use Cloudinary. So one of the things, um, um, <laughs> not sure if I, I should say that aloud too, uh, but, but, but you, you, could, you use Cloudinary even on our free, free tier, and it is a freemium model. You can just sign up for that. We love that. That just just use the service. Uh, if you're small, it's free. Um, you still use Akamai. You still get Akamai, right? Akamai probably would have, wouldn't have talked to you if you weren't I don't know 10 terabytes in bandwidth and paying thousands of dollars a month. Now you get Akamai, which, which is huge, right? You know what Akamai is all about. This is really cool. Having said that, the weird thing is Akamai, which is which is a relatively it's it's, it's an expensive solution, was. Um, beginning to be um, uh, uh, more affordable than CloudFront at the time because the way CloudFront is actually calculating, and, and many other uh, um, CDNs of that, are calculating your cost. The cost is based on usage. So while Akamai just, you know, it, it's about the bandwidth at the end of the month, CloudFront, first of all, it's geographically based, right? So And, and we have customers from all around the world. So US is great, but if you look at uh, how the guys are paying it, I don't know, South uh, America or, or Australia the, the, or, or you know uh, um, Asia, the, the, the prices are double and triple of the base price that you you actually think you're seeing. And then again, something that we realized again really late on, and, and I'm not sure that that people actually are aware of that, but but images uh, are you know your your average image weight is usually around. If, if you're doing your job right, is usually around 15 kilobytes in size. Uh, if you use, again, WebP and stuff, use Cloudinary to optimize your images, will be less than 10 kilobytes. Um, on that level, if you're just punching the numbers, because, because one of the things that CloudFront, the, the way they price their service is based on requests in addition to bandwidth, right? So you have requests, and it varies based on geography, and it ba varies based on whether you use SSL traffic or HTTPS traffic or not, and some other stuff. And you have cost per invalidations in case you need so, so lots of other associated costs. But only the cost per request, which looks tiny, it's like zero and lots of zeros afterwards, after that. But if you actually punch that in, right, you have same amount of bandwidth, but smaller images. Amount of requests increases, and this actually uh, turned to dominate our costs. So we were paying more on our requests than on our bandwidth. And when you have a solution such as Akamai, which is, it looks cost, it looks costlier. But again, when you punch all the, these little things into the equation, it, it just happened that Akamai was actually a cheaper solution for us at the time. So it, it almost sounds like you are in an interesting spot because you can kind of, uh, you take the fixed cost structure of Akamai and because you've already got a bunch of paying customers, you can serve it. You can serve non-paying customers with Akamai level service uh, at a freemium deal. Mm -hmm. Is that is that accurate? 
Yeah, that, that's exactly accurate. And, and it actually simplified things for us, right? We, we, we thought initially, hey, let's split that, different, uh, different uh, you know, CDNs for different, but then again, it's, it's much simpler, easier, and everybody wins, so, so it seems like a good solution all around. Hmm. Okay, that's, that's really interesting change. Uh, so another scalability change that you made in 2013 was to use Amazon SQS why is SQ well tell me what is SQS and why is it useful? So queuing service. Um so um First of all, we, I think that over the years we've tried every possible three-letter acronym that that Amazon tries. Right? We, we had a lot of we have a lot of experience, previous experience using Amazon services. So uh, we also used, by the way, at that time RDS. Right? They're, they're managed. Um, 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 SQL-like uh, database online, but but decided to to skip on that. We are huge users of Amazon S3, right? We use that. Everybody uses S3 today, I guess. So so to to, to manage your our resources and cached resources and stuff like that. Um, ELB, obviously, the Elastic Load Master, and tons of other solutions that we've um, tried along the way. We use SAS for for email sendings and 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 much more than that, right? Amazon offers really amazing. You know, Lego pieces you can just punch in together. Um, as for SQS itself, good question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll, I'll leave that to tell. Um, okay. I, 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 I will say that this is not our, our main. So, you know, as, as this is, um, a, again, we have, we have a highly distributed system, uh, big one. Um, a lot of our jobs, right, when you think of a job and queuing system, uh, a lot of it is, is basically to do with, with the actual who does the actual image manipulations? Because again, this is where you are. The queuing system seems to take place. So in this case, it actually isn't used there. So that that's one of our components, um, but not for the main, um, um, you know, transactional uh, 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 split of jobs between who actually does the manipulations themselves. Okay. Well, let's since we've kind of diagnosed the architecture a little bit and the business case. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the day-to-day, the operations. Tell me about the monitoring that you have in place to understand the system health and the types of teams that you have and how you organize those operational teams. Okay, so so I think maybe the number one um, 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 priority for us is 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 operational, basically. We, we, we strive for 100% uptime for the service, right? So, so I was saying earlier on that, that images are rarely your core business, right? You, you just want that to work, but this is exactly it. You just want it to work. When it stops working, this, was, this, this will be the first thing that you'll notice, right? If someone something doesn't work on your website, if, if images stop uploading to cloud, and, and that's cloudering behind the scenes, this is where you'll, you'll feel it, it, it will be extremely painful, right? So this is our... And always been our number one priority over there, and and it's not only about the the the, um, you know the, the 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 servers and availability and monitoring. It's also about about upgrading the service, right? We we on one end you want a very agile work process in which you are um, adding new and additional features into the service, and there are tons of stuff that are always happening with Cloudry. New features that are added all the time. We're up, uh, you know upgrading the service on a weekly basis, but then on then how do you do that and still keep that same, you know, um, 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 amazing uptime going on? So we, we use, um, specifically for monitoring, we, we use a, a plethora of services around there. Again, and we're, we're very we're advocates of, of using existing, amazing existing solutions. So, so anything, and again, we're talking about AWS, so anything between AWS CloudWatch and, and uh, New Relic, we use Pingdom and Logstash to, to monitor things, Kibana, um, and more and more integrations between Erbit and other and, and, and our own stuff. Um, we use uh, Twilio. We actually had a here is an interesting system. Twilio actually uh, we use Twilio to call us in the middle of the night anytime um, a monitor alert is 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 higher than X in case we don't have anyone on call uh, uh, specifically there. So our development team is actually awakened by uh, these things to. to and, and, and help monitor the system and trying to understand what's what's up and what's going on. And uh, so far, we had um, um, we have a pretty great traction um, uptime wise. Okay, cool. Um, so we're talking about Amazon. We're talking about AWS, and I think this is a good opportunity to to roll back to the conversation about bootstrapping because I feel like 
the idea of bootstrapping a CDN is not something that would be possible in a pre-AWS world. Um, maybe you can tell me whether or not that's true and to what extent you were able to architect uh, the system to be able to essentially um, run at low cost and then be able to scale the system as your uh, your customers scaled. So first of all, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a hundred percent accurate. So um, um, the thing about bootstrapping a company, uh, it's it's about the let's start with the early days of a company, right? So so the the most expensive thing early on is is getting a product to market, right? Building a product that is so talking about the bootstrap world, it is valuable enough to give some value to your customers uh, in the respect that they'll you know open the wallets and, and, and be happy to pay something for it. So actual value to your customers. But to do that, you need to build a product, an actual product, bring it out to market. Bringing the product out to market is usually very expensive. So and, 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 and it takes time. So And then there is another thing here that we're, again, extremely lucky with, but, but getting a, what is called a product market fit, right? So you, you have a product out there. You know, entrepreneurs, really smart people, that, that you, you will be able to find the, your, your specific niche and, and the area that, that will make you, you know, that you both make you happy working on that and you love the service and both will make your customers happy. So it, it can take some time. That's your product market fit and it, and it takes time. So bringing the product out there, at least initial version is usually just, you know, it, it's an excuse in a way. It's an excuse to bring something and, and, and a conversation starter. You talk to the customers and then they will tell you why it's an awful idea and why, why you need to do something else. But if you'll do that, something else, hey, we'll buy and we'll pay a lot of money and we'll do that and it, it will work great. So usually for companies, you need to build the product and then you'll need to have some, some spare cash so you can, you can talk to the customers, be out there, showcase your product, get people to start using that, start making money, or do the actual switch that you have to do. I think the, 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 the numbers are that, that 70% of the companies are actually uh, you know, pivoting in their first year, pivoting on market or pivoting on technology. So um, it takes a lot of time. Time takes a lot of money. And you need the right people on board to do that. You need to build a product. It's marketing. It's dev, right? So, so uh, it's costly. So and, 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 and there's a really easy playbook for that. You know how costly it will be. So the first thing you do once you have this, I don't know, even, even an MVP, even before that, if you are at least, you know, an experienced entrepreneur that already raised some funds, even before that, you know, the first thing that you'll do is probably get some funds. So the first thing that most companies do, most startups do, is, is basically, you know, you, you sell to the VC, right? You need to get the VC on board. You're not selling to your customers. Sell to the VC, get money, then you'll be able to, to, to establish the, the, the vision that you have in your head. Now let's talk about Cloudinary for a second, what happened there, because we were amazingly lucky on so many fronts. So early days, that's founder's time, right? That, that's our own time that is, that, that is on the line, right? We are not getting paid. We are doing something else. So for us, several things happen. First of all, we are three uh, technical founders. My, my two co-founders are, you know, Talan Adav are two of the most amazing software developers I ever encountered. And keep in mind that what we've been doing in the past four years before that was helping entrepreneurs build their software solutions. So we knew how to build that, and we knew how to build that relatively fast, accurate, uh, on low cost. So it's only our time. We didn't need to get an external, um, either an external consultancy to, to consulting shop to help us with development, and we didn't need to bring in relatively expensive early on developers or, you know, there, there are solutions for that as well, right? But uh, the whole uh, compensation question about options versus uh, versus salary and stuff. But but we didn't need to do that. So we, we had a product early on and then we were lucky enough to be working on a personal pain point that we could validate ourselves. So our first customers, first paying customers were um, customers of our consultancy shop that we were, we could, Talk to them and tell them, hey, we've built that. We know that this is what you need currently. It will save you time to make an amazing solution, get, give you an amazing solution. It, it, it's, it's, you know, and the, the cost is, is ridiculous. It would have cost you 10 times more to, to, to have us build that or someone else build that and support that. So we, um, in a way, had the market validation. We, 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 we built the product very, in a way, very affordably because we did that in-house ourselves and we knew what we were doing. And we already got so so we got the validation. We got the the the, the initial you know funds in place, and we were in the position that we could have taken some time off from our day to day, and that that is another big thing, right? The 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 ability 
ability to work part-time, that, that's, that's money, right? So it is money. It's not, you know, when you say bootstrap, it does say that you didn't get external money, but but founder's time is is money. We could have been working on other things, right? So we were, in, in a way, we had lots of different things working for us um, in that respect and got us to a position that we were able to get some initial funds rolling in from our customers. Um, it grew really fast and we were able to hire our first couple of employees just so still not taking money for ourselves, but we, we got two first employees fully paid 100% you know, f- full-time jobs and, and, and working just and, and getting paid by, by, by our customers themselves, which is very powerful stuff. And, and continue from there. Having said that, one, one important point, we we're uh, always um, asking ourselves the same question, is now the time to raise funds. Every, this, is, this is a common conversation with us for every couple of months. Let's stop. Let's look at our budget. Let's look at our plans. Is now the right time to raise funds? Are we, are we missing an opportunity by not hiring, I don't know, more people faster? Because being bootstrapped takes you on a certain curve. And curve. So, so recently you asked yourself that question and the answer was yes. Because you raised, didn't you raise $4 million, I think, recently? No, so actually we haven't. We, we have an investment for BVP, but that's a secondary investment as opposed to primary investment. That's oh. basically a small liquidation event. Let's call it that. Ah. And it was it was tiny. So our and and there, that, that's a whole different discussion. Why that's an interesting thing. Is to that do. like capping your downside risk? Um, not not really, because we didn't do that for the money. What we did do, because for us again, we have and, and again this crazy bootstrap thought process is okay. So so well, it's only it's just just to interject. I think it's only crazy relative to the uh, crazy addiction to debt that startups have uh, <laughs> in our in our current ecosystem. Like this is something that's this seems so perverse to me is uh, this obsession with with raising money uh, and you know. Obviously, there are times where you want to raise money, and it certainly makes sense in many contexts. But we're basically having a conversation about how you can bootstrap a CDN. And if you can bootstrap a CDN, what can't you bootstrap? And I think that's a conversation that people aren't having enough. I think some people do have that conversation, but it is one worth having. So I, I just want to disavow you of the idea that I, I think it's, it is in any way crazy to bootstrap. But... Uh, to, to the same effect, I am extremely curious about uh, why you would want to uh, liquidate um, $4 million worth of the company if it wasn't to protect downside risk. So, um, yes, let, 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 let's answer that. So for us, what, one of the things that when you look at a VC company, money is one thing that you get from them. That, that's pro- probably you know, the, the, the primary thing that you get from them. We want to grow and stuff like that. Um, but you you also get a lot of other things, right? You have a financial back behind you, right? So if you if you need, you know, you have a financial back, which is really important. And then you get um, an, an, an an advisory board, which is which is amazing, right? You 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 people that are out there, you get amazing connections and business opportunities. Who have skin well. in the game? Yes, definitely. Um, now we always wanted that, but how do we do that without paying the tax? Um, that, that that comes with that, so we don't want to relinquish control of of, of the company, not 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 in the slightest. Um, we didn't want to um, dilute our our employees, right? That this is this is a dilution event for everybody, right? Uh, we didn't want anything to change, so we wanted everything, but didn't want to pay for that. And and a few months ago, we got the opportunity to do that because Cloudware was doing. Again, we're growing very fast. We have money in the bank. We are. At, Lots of customers, every, everything working and the traje- trajectory is great. So we had the opportunity to do that. Just, just, just do that. And again, that, that it was it, it, extremely rare, right? BVP named that one of their unique investment. They they never did such an investment before, and it was only because. And and we were in a in a you know it's it's been a few years that we've been deflecting basically uh, VCs um, because we're okay, we're doing okay, which seems really silly um, out there, but. The first time that I met, in this case, Adam. Adam. Adam is our, our uh, the, the the BVP partner that is responsible for Europe and Israel. Colony is originally still is an Israeli company. We were now we have an office in Palo Alto, uh, from where I'm talking to right now. But uh, Israel company is Adam. We had an amazing click. We wanted him on board, so we had this 
person with enough insight to say, hey, you know what, we, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I, I, I just want to be on board. And in a few years, when you do want to raise some funds, to th- talk to us first, which was basically the, the, the deal that we currently have with. So it's not about the liquidation. It's tiny amount. It's not, it's not really that relevant. Uh, it, it, nice, but doesn't change the middle. And, and the, by the way, there is an entire conversation about what you should do, why you should do that as well. Right, it it helps de-stress, remove stress from the founders, which is amazing. Just to know that that it's not an all or nothing thing, right? Nowadays, and I think VCs understand that that in every round, not not the bootstrap company, any company, part of that is just get that for the founders, get that for the team. Just just de-stress, think long term, right? It's all good. It's not an all or nothing thing. Yeah. Um, uh, when when you do need to make a decision about liquidation, it's all good. So so it is important in other ways. But in any case, this specific uh, investment, this specific opportunity, was not about getting funds over the, the product. Product is again 100% bootstrap to to good or not. But, but as I would say, a little bit crazy, but it works and it's amazingly well. And most other companies, um, as I was saying, it's it's not about. We had tremendous luck early on. Um, with um, because of, of a hundred different reasons, just you know, all the all the balls, all the dice is ro- rolling rolling in our favor in that. But um, usually, it's it's not an option, right? Usually, that that's a that's a painstakingly long process of building a product, reaching a good product market fit, getting initial traction, and then growing from there. And by that time, you already raised. At least two rounds. Usually, it's at the B round that you are actually breaking even, and then again. You have the money in the bank. What are you using that for? And then you're dipping into, you know, building your sales team and marketing team. You're, you know, um, not profitable and longer. And then the process repeats itself. So, so I feel it's it's cliche at this point, but I would be remiss not to ask. Uh, you know, since we're getting, we we hear this narrative over and over again lately that winter is coming and like VC money is going to dry up. Um, and again and again, it continues not to happen. And my perspective on this thing is that there are so many fundamentally good businesses at this point that, uh, this whole winter is coming thing is, is not, uh, it's not really, it's not the way that it's portrayed in the media is so much less subtle than the reality. And the reality is that for, for the good businesses, like, it seems like it's it's uh, the funding environment is almost unchanged from from the old days to to today. Is that is that inaccurate? So Am yes, totally, it is. It's totally it is. inaccurate. It, it is. So so what right. happened? And what happened? If you if you're watching the market, by the way, so let, let's let's give some credit to BVP. BVP are monitoring the cloud index. They have that. They have the 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 the, the major cloud companies out there. The the, the you know, um, and and uh, the. And and what you just saw the LinkedIn's and, and New Relics and, and stuff, and um, just a couple of weeks back there was a huge dip. We we're talking about forty percent of the market value just you raised in, in almost a single day, right? For LinkedIn, it was a single day, and 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 so what this the, is this is because the dumb money is getting scared. But but the thing is, may, maybe it is. But the thing is that that what it it if you look at the valuation valuations one, and that, that that's one one of the things that are important to founders, right? Startup companies. You look at the multipliers, right? How much? This is how much I make, and and ho- hopefully this is how much I make, and how much the, 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 does my company is my company worth right now? Because and again, it's it's a whole mathematical nonsense because you know you're growing, you're not growing. Well, no, nobody can predict the future. But then again, uh, the multipliers just drop by probably fifty percent. No, everybody, right? So the the we were at the, at the at the top of the let's call it. The, I'm not sure that it is a bubble. At least it didn't explode yet. But on on I guess you know August of last year, something like that. Um, it's that we're now at fifty percent valuations, and 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 money is much harder to get by to, to get right now. So it it it. Um, if, if we were talking a month ago, that 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 same would have been hundred percent true. Right now, something mm-hmm. that, things are are are. Slowly stopping. Still, there is a lot of money on the table. A lot of money is available. A lot of money with the VCs. Just valuations dropped. Processes are much harder right now. So there is a is a change. Okay, so, so definitely there's a change. So I should have portrayed this with more subtlety. So maybe the subtlety that I wanted to portray was that there is a higher floor on how bad it can get than people recognize. Do you think that's true? Like. 
in in terms of how bad it can get, it's not going to get to 1999 bad, right? Because it's because the, the the fundamentals of the businesses are too strong for that to happen, and that's what people are constantly bemoaning that they're so afraid of. It's a good question. So there there, there is except again, for startups selling to startups. That's the big risk. It, it still is that there is there, last year at least lots of startups got funded. It was easier to do. Um, it's going to be harder this year. So something is going to happen right later this year, right? Because, again, money only lasts for a year, a year and a half, maybe two years. That, that's a lot in the startup world, right? When it lasts for a year, and we're talking about, you know, mid last year was amazing, and this year valuations was dropped by 50% right now. And, again, everything can, can, can just, you know, bounce back up. Nobody can, <laughs> can really predict what's happening. But then again, what will happen in a few months. I don't know. Anybody can. But, but, but something is, is, is about to happen. And in that respect, again, it was always a question, and, and that, that goes back to the bootstrap. One of the things that, that people are saying about bootstrap, hey, you can raise money, raise as much as possible right now because nobody knows winter is coming, right? Nobody knows what, what will happen a few, a few months from now, a few years from now. Get it right now, put it in the bank, and, and you have it for a, for, a, for a rainy day. Having said that, where we're at right now, so we have a growing company. It's actually profitable, right? So, so we're at a position, and that again, that's a hiring policy and stuff like that. We're keeping ourselves profitable, so we're at a position that we can we can slow things down, keep a very healthy company. But is that the right thing to do? Uh, was the right thing to do was raise just a huge bunch of money as as we we got some some cool opportunities to do and just just you know put it aside and. Again, rainy day and stuff. But then lose control, uh, reduce valuation, and uh, not valuation, but 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 dilute the company. Is no, nobody can know what the right thing is. But but what I'm trying to say, I guess, about VCs, this is this is uh, this is this is how things are done, right? If you ask me, what is how wh- should I bootstrap the company? The 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 the, the answer in in I think I think I don't know. Uh, Nine times out of ten would have been no. So, so build a product, love the product. You need to spend a lot of time with that. So, so get some valuation for yourself. Get some validation for yourself that this, you know, that this is what you want to do in the next three, four, five years of your life at minimum, right? But if you like that and it, it, it if you like what you're doing, passionate about that, and you want that done, and you're ready to, to then, then the right thing to do, and, and you got some validation that that there is a uh, market out there for the for for your solution, then. You know, nine times out of ten, nine times out of ten, go get some funding money because you won't be able to do that any other way. You'll be with your back to the wall in a year from now because of pivoting and stuff. Zero money in the bank, and you're gonna make some bad decision. Better get the VC money right now. So we were—I'm uh, not sure that we're a good use case. We 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 managed by so far, but you know. Yeah, well, I mean, what, what I do like about the philosophy of just, like, raise when you can is just, it, it, it has the underlying philosophy of, like, the goal is to continue playing the game. You just don't want to get frozen out under any circumstances. Exactly. And for us, this is exactly our conclusion. But but keep in mind that, that for, for most companies, it's not an option. Yeah. For most companies, it's not, okay, we can stop right now or we can, let, let's do it differently. You are always losing money. And this is what usually happens. Software as a service solution, everybody, everyone out there is... You know, the, the vast major, hugely vast majority is losing money on a monthly basis. You do not have the option to do anything else but plan for the next funding round, right? So, uh, so. Uh, is that a failure of the way people are structuring their businesses? Like, is that an is that a cultural addiction to running a debt? Well, whatever. Maybe that's 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 <laughs> that's too big of a question. We're already it, up against it time. Big, it, it is a big <laughs> question. Yes. But the thing is, well, well, but just to summarize on that, this is a necessity in most cases. Building a startup company is, is very costly. There is an initial cost that you need to, 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 to build. Most people out there that do not have the and, and do not need to use the initial funds. There are other people out there, companies, angel investors, VCs, that, that know how to invest this really, really risky money. Uh, and they will love to be on board with you. There is a cost to do that. It's, some of that is 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 giving them the the, 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 the 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 part of the control which makes sense they put a lot of money into your company that they, they right they, they, they want to know that their money is well spent so this is it is how it is so um, hmm. it's all good well that's a great way great way to close off super interesting conversation a lot of a lot of discussion about fundraising and business less about uh, running an image CDN, but plenty, plenty about image CDN. <laughs> next conversation, I think. <laughs> right, next conversation is the, we'll, is we'll the technical one. 
I'll right. have to have um uh who did you say Lahav? Tal. 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 Right. That's Tal. Okay. Great. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, Itai, thanks for coming on to Software Engineering Daily. It's been super interesting talking to you, and um, I'm really happy to have, we had Cloudinary as a sponsor over uh, the Fluent weeks, and um, I'm really glad it's a really interesting product, and I'll be following you guys closely. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much, and we'll be actually at Fluent, so I'll be at Fluent. Oh, excellent. If anybody wants to come and say hi, I'll be, I'll be sure. happy. Sure. I will, I will come by and talk to you. <laughs> I'll give you a shirt. Sounds good. Thank you so much. 